News Hounds from Queen City Nerve is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home. Schedule online at orthocarolina.com. Ortho Carolina, you improved. Hey guys, this is Ryan from Newshounds. We are taking a break from the podcast this week for the holidays, including Justin's birthday, which is a holiday. And we will be back on January 1st, 2021 to kick off the new year with you guys. In the meantime, we have five special episodes of The Call-In, Hannah Hassan's new podcast. Uh, she's a Queen City Nerve contributor, and she'll be talking to five of the folks that she wrote about in the latest issue of Queen City Nerve. Great conversations. Tune in. Can't wait to bring you uh, all five of them. Thanks. 2020 has been one of the most important years in American history. The loss of black icons, the uptick in police violence against black people, and subsequent uprisings in cities all over the United States, and a contentious presidential election has all happened during a global pandemic. These short but powerful stories were all compiled from conversations with spoken word artist and storyteller Hannah Hassan and the real people on the front lines of the movement to protect and save black lives in the time of COVID-19. In this episode, Adrian Three, co-founder of Hope Vibes, talks to Hannah about the incredible work she and her organization have done in the efforts to eliminate homelessness in Charlotte through innovation. This project is a collaborative effort Produced by Epic Tribe, Featherweight Elephant Media, and QC Nerve. It truly does take a village to share these stories. I'm Colin Hardin, and this is On Call with Hannah Hassan. Take a listen. First name, Adrian, last name, Threet. Um, I'm the co-founder and executive director of Hope Vibes, and we started back in 2017 um, kind of accidentally, um, which I'm sure we can talk about later. But our core components that we focus on um, is a very mission-driven effort to provide direct relief, research, innovation, and advocacy surrounding the issues pertaining to homelessness um, that lead us to create um, new and fresh ideas, um, new and fresh solutions for exit strategies for people experiencing homelessness. Okay, awesome. Let's, if you don't mind, let's go ahead into how this accidentally happened. Give me the the history, <laughs> if you don't mind. Yeah. So back in 2017, um, I was in between meetings. Um, at the time, we were helping to pastor a, a local church here in the city, and um, I was in between meetings and kind of was just wasting some time scrolling and came across a video of a young homeless woman that was sharing about dealing with her menstrual cycle while living on the streets. And she was sharing how difficult that time of the month was because she would have to make a decision between using the little bit of financial resources that she had to either buy food that week or purchase items like pads and tampons. And so she was sharing that typically she would just get creative and make her own pads and tampons using toilet paper, tank tops, socks, trash. Um, And she wasn't the only one that was sharing about similar experiences. 
Um, and so I watched that video about three or four times back to back. Um, I actually, one part I never tell about this story is I was actually watching the video in the bathroom, um, <laughs> which is somewhat <laughs> embarrassing, but kind of funny too, um, because I'm sitting there in the bathroom reading about women share, sharing about an issue that typically the average woman deals with in the bathroom. Um, and like the reality of women right here in our own country, right here in our own city, um, don't have access to something as basic as pads and tampons. Like it hurt my heart. Like I literally sat there crying. Um, and as a result, after watching it about three or four times back to back, I did what most of us do when we see something really interesting on online. I shared it. I shared it on my Facebook page and had a little rant. And for me, that was, in my mind, that was the end of it. I ranted about it and the end. But to my surprise, my friends were just as shocked as I was, and they were really eager to do something about it. Um, And so we had, like, maybe over 100 people that were commenting on this post, and they were like, you know, Adrian, when you go out, I want to go out with you. And I was like, I never said I was going out. And um, and then, like, people were in that in the comment thread of that post, they were offering to bring me hygiene products to distribute. And I'm like, you know, I never said that I was doing any of this. So, like, you know, what are y'all, what are y'all doing? And so it became, like, this uh, snowball effect that was just, like, insane. And it ended up being that one of my friends was just like, okay, here's what you're going to do, Adrian. You're going to pick a date, and you're going to invite all of your friends that said that they wanted to be a part of doing something about this. And you're going to start collecting items, and y'all are going to go out and distribute them. And I was like, I am? And she was like, yes, you are, and I'm going to help you do it. And so that's what we did that following month. We had our first serve day, um, still not intending to be a nonprofit at that point. In my mind, we were just going out to the streets and meeting a basic need. Um, but that first time, we had about 15 or 20 volunteers. Um, most of them I did not know personally. They just found out through social media. Um, the next month, we had double the amount of volunteers and then churches and businesses were reaching out to us and asking to donate um, hygiene products by the truckload. And then people were wanting to give money. And at that point, I was like, okay, we need to make this official because now we're talking money and we need to have the appropriate accountability in place because Adrian ain't ain't going to jail for nobody. (laughs) So. That was kind of how we got started. It was probably about a few months in before we decided, oh, this is like a legit, like, we need to make this an official organization type situation. Um, but that's how we got started. It, we didn't plan it. It just kind of it kind of happened. But I always tell people that Facebook pushed us into our purpose. Like, um, I, I think that this is something that I was created for all along. I just didn't know it. Huh, I love that. Um, we're going to dig more into that in a moment. Um, but before that, can you talk a little bit about what the organization sort of has evolved into 
um, and what the work uh, is that you all have done, like especially within this last year, which has been a very unique year. It has. So when we started off, we literally we were focusing on feminine hygiene products initially, um, and then we spread out a little bit further to just hygiene products in general, and we focused only on hygiene issues, um, hygiene products, um, simply because I noticed that there was a major gap in service there in terms of the city of Charlotte um, and the homeless population. There's a lot of amazing groups in our city that do um, do very important work to support the homeless community in our city, but no one was focusing primarily on hygiene. And so we kind of put our stake in the ground for hygiene, and that's all we focused on. We wanted to be um, dedicated and consistent in, in that one thing um, alongside of being intentional to build relationships with the people that we served. And so we made a, a commitment to, hey, we're not going to bite off more than we can chew. We're going to commit to once a month, we're just going to hit the streets every second Saturday of the month, rain or shine, we're going to be out there with our volunteers and we're going to distribute hygiene products. Um, we did, like, um, at one point, people were wanting to give us clothes, and we were like, sure, bring it on. And then we quickly realized this is outside of our our scope. This is separate from our mission. Um, and so we've had a lot of, you know, different different people wanting to do different things with Hope Ives, and we've had to, like, make sure that we stay on, 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 on mission. Um, and so with that, like, we – we stayed in that lane. We partnered with a lot of different organizations early on who may have provided other items, other services, but we stayed on target with providing access to hygiene products. Um, from that time, as we continued to have conversations with the people that we were serving um, and building our trust capital with them, building relationships over time, um, it became almost like a process of research for us. Um, because we were getting data firsthand from the people who were experiencing homelessness. Um, and so we begin to take this inside-out approach where we are coming up with new ideas, new innovations to meet needs that are very real, not because we've heard it heard from, like, some big overarching organization um, from a national council of homelessness um, that may not even be out on the streets with people, um, but we are like attacking very specific um, needs because of what we've heard firsthand from people living in cars, living in shelters, living um, in tent camp communities, living literally on the street on North Tryon. Um, and so that that kind of informed this this kind of innovation that was research driven. Um, to create new ideas and new prototypes for things like our Hope Tank project and our Solar Sinks project. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I said a whole lot. <laughs> I'm no, sorry. But, uh, no, no, no apologies needed at all. Those are good things. Um, if And if, if now you'll go into a little bit of what, like, specifically you all have done during this year, and if any of it, if, if, the COVID-19 pandemic has informed any of that. Yeah. So 
from the beginning, we were very direct release driven. Um, eventually, that kind of transitioned to the research and innovation component of things. Um, and so that led us to building the, the prototype for the Hope Tank, which launched this year. Um, but it also, um, as a result of COVID, like that same process of direct relief and research led us to creating what we call the Solar Sinks Project. Um, that was a direct response of the COVID-19 pandemic. And so when COVID first like surfaced heavy in Charlotte, um, our, the first thing that we did was we hit the streets to just talk to people. Um, we wanted to be a part of, well, for me, I wanted to be a part of creating solutions um, to, to serve the community um, experiencing homelessness because um, we all know like the homeless population, they are not top priority when it comes to decision makers often. And so I wanted to think about what would, what could our contribution be um, to serve those people. Um, and so I came across a video again <laughs> of a organization in Atlanta who made um, some foot-powered foot sinks available to the homeless community. We came to the conclusion that they were sold out literally across the country, even in spaces overseas. They could not be found. And so we decided that we would build our own sinks, and then we took it up a notch and made it solar-powered so that we could have um, touchless sinks that, uh, that people living on the streets could use um, and have access to um, soap, um, just in a a first kind of first base defense to COVID. And so it was huge, like being able to provide just fresh running, running water and soap so that people could wash their hands um, was a major thing. Whew. Amazing. Okay, well, what does providing access to hygiene products and and water and soap and things like that, what does that mean um, in sort of the large scheme of things? Like, why is it important? Yeah, yeah. Man, when we were first getting started, like in the first few months, um, when we started going to tent camp communities, we already had this, you know, idea about even just the hope tank for one, Um and why it was significant. But then we, we went to this one tent community up near the music factory. Um, there's a, a bridge under over there, and underneath the bridge is, like, some, some huge tent camps um, right in that area. And so we were out there one evening, and we went to this one tent, and a, a gentleman came out of the tent, and he had on a full chef uniform. And we were like, yo, man, like, you're you're a chef? He's like, yeah, I work up at the the baseball stadium uptown. I just don't make enough for housing right now. And, like, as we were talking with him, you know, we were looking at his uniform. Like, his uniform was dirty. And so as he began to talk about, like, just the the lack of access he had to certain things, it further fueled the thoughts that we had about why having access to being able to take a shower, to clean your clothes, to brush your teeth, 
to to have deodorant to put on, why it's so significant. Um, you think about if you go on a job interview and your clothes are dirty, if you if you don't have a, a pleasant smell, your breath smells bad, you know, what's the likelihood that that employer is going to give you a chance on that job? It's very slim because you, you're going – to going in and if you're hired, you now represent that company. Um, and so they want people that's going to, you know, represent them well. Same thing, you know, if you already have a job, which many of our homeless neighbors do, um, it's hard to keep a job if you can't maintain, like, these standards of cleanliness. And so for us, like, it's more than just hygiene products. It's more than just showers and clean clothes. It is giving people, like, that that access to be able to get to the next step of employment um, that will lead them to being able to transition out of housing instability. All right, let's let's pivot to talk a little bit about you. Um, uh, who was Adrian before Hope Vibes, and now who are you after? That's a good question. I. I think Adrian before Hope Vibes, um, I think I was a somewhat dissatisfied person with life in the sense that I hadn't quite stepped into my purpose fully yet, and I didn't know fully what it was. I knew that I wanted to encourage people. Um, I knew I enjoyed helping people. Um, And so when I finally started working um, with Hope Vibes, it kind of, it was like this aha moment, like, this is what I was born for. And so now, like, I work a whole lot, like, like my personal mantra, um, which we've kind of adapted as a part of our, our organizational culture is to do what you can with what you have until you can do more. And so if all you can do is go pick up that five for five from Wendy's and give it to the person that's at the corner, then do that. Um, and that is, for now, that's sufficient. Um, you never know, 10, 20 years down the road, you might be building a 24-foot box truck that houses showers and laundry units for the homeless. Um, but I think it's just starting somewhere. And so that's kind of where where my mind had, had had been early on um, and where it's transitioned to now. Uh, like, wow. I totally, like, I'm at the point now where, like, I dream big to the extent where it's, like, I literally think we could end homelessness in Charlotte, and we are actively, like, thinking through what are ways we could do that. Now, some people would say, and, I mean, people have said it to us before, oh, you're always going to have homeless people. And it's like, yeah, but the ones that will be homeless will be the ones that want to be. But for those who don't want to be homeless, oh, we can come up with solutions. Like, we just need the money to make it happen. Um, And so um, it starts somewhere, though. You know what I mean? Like, start with whatever you have and have impact. Eventually, as you can continue to just avail yourself to doing the stuff, you know, um, more opportunities will come and the resources and the people will come 
and the empire will grow. Ooh. So many gems. Thank you. Be sure to check out the other episodes in this five-part series, highlighting the contributions of these dynamic women and their efforts to support the community during the COVID-19 crisis. You can find this podcast series and the articles that accompany them on qcnerve.com. Again, I am Colin Harden, and you've been listening to On Call with Hannah Hassan. Be safe out there. Peace. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.